Uh, joining me today is Keith Riel, incumbent candidate running in Ashburnham Ward. Welcome, Keith. Thank you for having me, Bill. Now, Keith, the first question I always ask candidates is, why are you doing this? You, you've run how many times? This will be my third time. Certainly, I'm a two-time councillor for Ashburnham Ward 4. The reason that I'm running is certainly I think there's unfinished business. I enjoy the job. I think that I know my way around City Hall. I know how to get things done, and I certainly love doing this kind of work for the constituents of Ashburnham Ward 4 and the citizens of Peterborough. Great. Now, you've been out knocking on doors for how long? I've been out since July. I have just about all of the northern part of my ward done, which is from Trent University to Park Hill Road. And then I'll be starting on the other end at Cold Springs and coming north doing that Round River Road and Tonneby Drive in that area there. And how many hours a day are you out? Or a typical door knocking session, how many hours are you out? Probably about four or five hours. I leave at 10 in the morning, uh, take a break at lunch, and then go out for another couple of hours. It's been hot though this summer, so usually I leave it and then go out at night, which is a little cooler and certainly, but I will be stepping it up a little bit in September with the people back. Certainly holiday time and certainly the summer is uh, not hitting as many people, probably about 40% of the people that I'm hitting door to door. So. I will be stepping it up certainly uh, the 1st of September and going full tilt six days a week. So, Great. And what are you hearing at the doors? If uh, I can ask and not reveal any, <laughs> any trade secrets here, but what are they talking about? What are they asking you? Well, uh, certainly over here it's transportation. There's a huge issue how to move people not only north and south, but east and west. We have two swing bridges and two one-lane bridges. So how do we get the people across the canal and certainly over the river into the downtown the city of Peterborough? Jobs are a big uh, issue. The environment and certainly the infrastructure, the roads, uh, and getting them repaired and stuff like this. So they're kind of the hot-button items that I'm hearing at the door. Okay, and if I can pick up on just, I mean, there's much to pick up on there, but the issue of jobs, what is this, What is the fix there? What does Peterborough have to do, both as a city and as a community, including the business community, to, uh, well, for example, give more opportunities to youth who are graduating so they don't all have to leave? Well, I, I think it's a job of city council to set the table for the city and certainly make it attractive and work with the Peterborough Economic Development to make sure that we can attract the business and get out there that this is a people, this is a, uh, for people to set up their business. And certainly, I think that we have a lot of uh, a lot of features in the city, certainly a new hospital. We need some industrial land and certainly we'll get that. But certainly we've invested a lot of money in the airport and we're hoping the airport business will grow. And certainly with Green Tech Common, which is a partner, partnership with Trent University, and we're hoping that students, and uh, we're looking making a park that's the uh, Green park, Tech. Uh, uh, Green Tech Common yeah. it's called at Trent University. But like they had at Waterloo and the IT part of it, we wanted this to be the center for, uh, for excellence for water. So we're hoping that with the environmental science and certainly Trent University, the students would be able to come over and work in these uh, places, maybe on a part-time basis or just get their feet wet and see if they like that kind of work. But then also there might be a job at them after they graduate from Trent University or Sir Sanford Fleming. Now, another issue uh, I know that is unfortunately uh, a perennial one here is the availability of housing. Not only affordable housing, but just housing right across the, across the economic spectrum. Does the city need to do about that? We've tried to do a lot of things, and I think that we've done some really innovative things. And certainly, um, one of the big things is, is affordable or geared to income housing. Uh, certainly, young people starting out, and certainly uh, the banks aren't making it easy for young people starting out to get a home. We need the federal and provincial government to step up to the well and certainly have a housing program, which they promised. And certainly, when they do that, we have enough people in this town 
that have innovative ideas of how to do housing. Certainly, we don't need any more consultant report. We don't need any more meetings. We need a big check from both the federal and provincial government to move us forward to do affordable housing. For Now, I was not at the council meeting last night, but the, of course the Ashboro subdivision came up for debate. What does that represent for Peterborough? Is that a good idea? Is it flawed? Is there enough affordable housing in there or is it all for Toronto? I mean, certainly... Um the development, we, I think everybody, certainly the neighbors and myself, said we're not opposed to development, but we're doing it right. I don't think that the uh, city did their due diligence. It was not a secondary plan, which was part of the deal that had to be made on annex land was not there. Um, staff gave it the report, and certainly I voted not to accept that plan because there's two huge issues, which are stormwater management and transportation, and none of them were being addressed. Certainly as far as affordability, the price point on those homes are five to seven hundred thousand dollars. I think by the time they're built, you're looking at a home from seven to nine hundred thousand dollars. To me, that's geared to the GTA and people coming with a 407 that are uh, they're moving from the GTA or Toronto area down here to buy them. Certainly, first-time homeowners are not going to be able to afford these homes. There is absolutely no affordable housing. There's no, unlike Lily Lake, which does have some affordable housing and uh, geared to income housing, and there's some, uh, uh, how should we say, community amenities in Lily Lake. You know, there's some stores, there's a school, etc. This is just straight residential, not uh, straight upper upper tier residential. A straight residential, there could be a component of some commercial, but certainly uh, you're looking at 700 homes going to be in there, either um, uh, single family dwellings around the fringe and then multi-res the, uh, development. Including the multi-res, they are gear. They are market market-driven yes, housing. Yes. Absolutely, they're market rent. So our market. Uh... So across Peterborough, the need for affordable housing must be huge. I mean, how many people are waiting? Uh, I mean, certainly just on the list for 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 people on geared income or whatever, we we have a list of fifteen hundred. But certainly, uh, we're talking about young people wanting to be first-time homeowners, and there's absolutely nothing available. When the price point of those homes, and certainly. I know my parents' home, which we sold on the south end, you know, is somewhere about $300,000. And now the banks are asking for something like $50,000 for a a down payment. I mean, certainly this is far out of the reaches of a young couple uh, trying to start out and certainly buy a home and certainly raise their family. So there just isn't that, um, the market isn't there. It just keeps going. It's a hot market. I certainly uh, talk to all kinds of young people that would like to be, and certainly they're they're locked into either renting, which the rents are, 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 are expensively they can't get the savings up get the money to have that down payment yeah and back to our theme of jobs i've heard that of all the students who come to trent and fleming who move to peterborough for their studies only one to two percent of those students actually stay here when they graduate aside from the, the peterborough residents because they can't start their careers yeah, you're absolutely right. And certainly I've been taking courses at Trent myself, so I've been talking to students and certainly they love the city. They would like to stay here, but the availabilities and certainly jobs are being, uh, they have to go to the GTA or into the Toronto or something like this here to get a job, but they want to be, they would love to have a job here if there was only that opportunity here. Certainly those jobs are not available for them here. They're moving to the bigger centers, so it, it's too bad, but anyone that I've talked to said they love the community. They would like to be here, but there isn't just the jobs available for them. Uh, that's a tough one. Now, in terms of uh, you and your background, could you flesh a bit, of, flesh out your background a bit and how you came to start running for council? First off, I was the full-time president of General Electric, so I, I had 750 members and 2,000 retirees that I was responsible for. That, that is a union president. Yeah, union president, right. full-time union president. Right. 
at General Electric and certainly uh, I'm also two-term president of the Peterborough District Labor Council, which I was responsible for 7,000 unionized and non-unionized uh, workers in the area. But also over my lifetime, I've had three small businesses. I had a bar mm-hmm. I was, when I was 23 years old. I owned that for six and a half years. Then I had RMS Music, which was the largest disc jockey company in the Quarthas. I had eight people that worked for me. I had that for 30 years, and I sold that in 2007. And then uh, my ex-wife and I had a, a gift store downtown on George Street called The Green Door for five years. So I, I'm kind of a hybrid of labor and business. I know what it's like to have a small business and try and run a business and certainly have employees. But also on the labor side, uh, I have been uh, a labor, I have a huge or a big labor background. And you worked at GE in various positions in the skilled trades? I was uh, employed at GE for 38 and a half years, and it's too bad that GE is closing. Certainly made a living for myself and my family and certainly supported them and was able to buy a home and the amenities that go with that and school my children. And it's too bad that General Electric is closing. So I was there for 38 and a half years. So, so in terms of the issues that we know are going to come across the desk of the next council, PDI is not a done uh, is not a done deal yet. The Parkway, the annexation, of course, the official plan review. Where do you stand in all those? And you can take uh, take them in whatever order. Do you want to start with PDI? Well, PDI certainly uh, right now I'm running a petition on my website, so that's www.k3l.ca. Mm-hmm. So people want to go and sign up for that. I'm hoping to get enough names that I can uh, forward that on to the uh, premier of. Uh, Premier Ford, the chair of the board of the OAB. Certainly, uh, P- PDI is not a done deal. It has to go to the OEB, which is the Ontario Energy Board. But certainly, and I can we can show that it's a not in the best interest of the citizens of Peterborough. Uh, the same thing that could happen with Aurelia Power that they turned it down the sale. So I think there's yes, still there's still that uh, in the offing. And certainly, if I can get as many names as I possibly can, again, my website w.key3l.ca. I would appreciate it, and certainly I will be forwarding that on to the prime, the, the premier, the chair of the OAB. Now, some of the other issues that sadly will be there again, the parkway. Uh, I voted against the parkway, and certainly I had that conversation. It was interesting. I had that conversation today. First off, I don't think the people were actually told what the price tag is for the parkway. My numbers: $120 million to build the parkway. Three bridges, not one bridge, three bridges have to be built, and certainly that hasn't been told, certainly, but... This is not a continuous road. It's a road with 14 sets of lights on it. It's not what was envisioned in 1947 as a bypass across the city. Also, in support of the parkway, the Shemong Road has to be five-laned. Fairburn Street has to be reconfigured. And certainly, the uh, Park Hill Road West needs to be four-laned. So all of those things in cohort with building a parkway, if you were to build the parkway, would still have to be built. And so certainly, if you're spending $120 million on building a parkway, you don't have the money to fix any of those roads that I just talked about, but any roads in the city of Peterborough. You have either borrowed or debentured or used all the tax money to support the parkway and all the roads will go into disrepair, which they are right now. The streets in the city of Peterborough are in terrible shape and need to be fixed. Now, are you hearing about that at the door, the shape of the roads? Absolutely. Constantly, every day that I'm out, people talk about the deplorable shape streets in the city of Peterborough are in. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a mystery to me because uh, you know, it reminds me of a logging town. Now, Peterborough hasn't been a logging town, if I do my math, for 125 years, you know, in terms of cutting timbers and, and huge vehicles coming into town or trains coming into town uh, with heavy logs on them. And yet we have roads like Campus Casey. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and certainly I call the one on Charlotte Street there by Bethune, the corridor I wrote, 
But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, not blowing my own horn, but I mean, uh, the two terms that I've been in, we got Ashburnham Drive done, and certainly it was a beautiful road, and it's certainly what all the roads should look like in the city of Peter. But last term, uh, with my councilmate, uh, Councilor Baldwin, we got Autonomy Drive done. We have been promoting doing roads, and again, if I'm elected, we'll be doing another roads. And certainly Ashburnham, I know it doesn't help the, the citizens all across Peterborough, but certainly we've been an advocate of doing the roads and fixing the roads up. Now, in talking about this PDI and the parkway, the issue of civic engagement came up in some of your answers. You know, there have been meetings, the public has presented, and yet there's that gap, it seems, between what most people in the public want, certainly on PDI, and how council votes. What can the city, how can the city play the, the civic engagement uh, process differently so people get on side more? Well, to me, municipal politics is a hell of a lot different than federal and provincial politics. I don't answer to any party. I answer to the constituents that elect me. They're the ones that told me when we did a, when a consultant or a consulting firm did uh, a poll and 92% and then 94% said they did not want to sell PDI. What part do my counterparts not get? They do not want to sell an asset that's owned by every citizen in the city of Peterborough. I hear it at the door. I hear it at Timmy Hortons. I hear it at the grocery store. I hear it on the street. Don't sell PDI. That is still the theme when I'm going door to door right now campaigning. People do not want PDI sold. They did not want PDI sold. So what part do my counterparts not hear about this year? I'm the representative of the people that elect me, and I take their voice to council. So certainly uh, on every issue like this here, I take the lens of what the people are telling me what they would like to see for their citizen, their, their city. Like I said again, I don't answer to a political party. I think that there's, there's people are missing the boat of what actually their job is of a, a city councilor. Their job is to go in there and advocate and take the wishes of the constituent the city council table. Right. Now, uh, another thing that certainly uh, some other candidates have mentioned is the whole issue of the new intensity guidelines that have come down from the, uh, well, the former government, the wind government, about essentially towns of Peterborough size in Ontario are going to have to start growing up as opposed to continually growing out and building more and more suburbs. And these intensity numbers, uh, apparently, not apparently, but uh, the civic government, City Hall has pushed back on them, wanting them to be somewhat lowered. What's your understanding of these intensity numbers for uh, residents and businesses, and can the city meet those targets? Well, I, I, you know, and I think that there's a whole different ball game here. I mean, uh, we're encompassed in the Golden Horseshoe, and certainly we're we're being obliged to do what the bidding is for the GTA. And I, I think we're a different animal out here, and we should be looked at different. I think there should be intensification, and we've tried to put some bylaws in place and, and give some provisions for the developers to try and do the downtown, and certainly by not having development charges downtown, but we haven't been able to get the developers to do that, and for various reasons, and certainly they haven't availed themselves, because everything that's being built downtown is all high-end. It's not affordable for the average person. It's not geared to income living. And certainly that's what we were hoping to do, and you know, have lofts and uh, some of the apartments above the stores. And that just doesn't seem to pray out. I mean, the, the developers that are going in there are all buying or building high-end condos or apartments. And certainly the price point is huge. For the average citizen, you're looking at $1,800 or $1,400 a month. That's way out of the reach of most people. So yeah. we haven't been successful in doing that. Certainly, I think we've been promoted. We've tried to promote infill in the city, in the interior, and certainly uh, downtown proper 
but we just haven't been able to get the developers on board. We, we've done some innovative things with some of the developers and certainly by reducing uh, the development charges and uh, giving them some sort of breaks. And it's been successful with some of the developers, but just not near enough of what we need to certainly meet the needs of the people. Yes. Now, of course, Ashburnham Ward borders on downtown. In fact, Hunter Street Bridge, people walk across the bridge to go downtown. And downtown is sort of the economic engine in one sense, certainly. What is the fix, though, to all the objections to downtown? I, I You know, certainly... People who are running in some of the the outlying uh, some of the suburbs hear quite a bit of negative opinion of downtown. It's dirty. There's too many closed storefronts, and there's all those panhandlers. I mean, what can be done there about panhandling and that whole reputation of downtown? Uh, I'm not making any excuses whatsoever. I go downtown a lot. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the downtown. Yes, we have some panhandling. I think we've tried to clean up the downtown. I think there's some areas that are very vibrant. We have a great community or very uh, eating establishments downtown. I like shopping. I like eating downtown. I do my banking downtown. So I'm a big proponent of the downtown. I, I think it's a work in progress. We're trying to do the things we can. Certainly, I think one of the things that the new police chief did is bringing uh, uh, police patrols back downtown. So there's a comfort level to the people. There's a peace presence. Uh, and I think that was a good move. Certainly, uh, DBIA and certainly the city and that we've got together by putting, giving people jobs that are either homeless or marginalized and giving them a job about cleaning the downtown. So that was one of the things that we instituted downtown. And certainly, I think just make uh, working with the DBIA and saying that they have to do a better job of keeping the downtown clean. And I think they're hearing that. And certainly, the city itself has given uh, the DBIA money to do that. And certainly all we have to do is keep pushing back and saying, look, we need you to use the money wisely, do the things you have to do, uh, keep the downtown vibrant. Um, I, I know there are some storefronts downtown that, that still need to be, they're vacant. They've been vacant for a long time, but I think that uh, there's been a lot of infill and people started up small business, which is good to see. Great. Now, I was speaking to uh, running in, in North Korea, Stephen Wright, saying that a family member of his, one of his kids, uh, is going to Fleming College. And for this uh, young man to get to Fleming by public transit, it was taking him an hour and a half. He asked his father for a, you know, if he could buy a used bicycle because it would be quicker. And it was. Uh, what can be done about Peterborough's transit system? It's when you get on it, it's good, but the scheduling and it's all, you have to go through downtown to get anywhere. I, I think we have to get rid of this hub system. There has to be buses that run north and south and east and west and they connect each other. We need to get to 20 minute service. And you're absolutely right when somebody takes an hour, an hour and a half to get to their point of destination, they're not gonna take the bus. I think that we have a, a good uh, complement of buses we spent a lot of money of uh, improving the buses and low floor buses that would accommodate people with disabilities. And that's so we have a good stock of buses. We just have to get away from this hub system that we have right now. And certainly we have a consultant looking at that. Certainly the terminal system that we have and buses coming back into the station here. When you can run a service to both the Sanford Fleming and Trent University on what they're doing, it's just, which is a 20 minute system that they have, right. we can do that for the city and certainly I'm not going to take the bus if it's going to take me an hour and a half. I'm sorry, I'll drive a car. But I mean, I said, if there was a bus service that was going to give me 20 minute service, I'd be looking at it and putting my car away. But right now, I'm no different than anybody else. I would not be using the bus service, but it takes me an hour and a half to go from point A to point B. Just, at, does, just doesn't make sense. At 250 a shot. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, 
other question, other issues that are going to come up for the next council, of course, is the uh, next hockey arena. Where is the replacement to the MEM Centre? Where do you think it should go? Well, I mean, last night, here again, we're going to spend $7 million refurbishing this building. Decision has to be made of what the hell we're going to do. We're going to have to bite the bullet, something like this here, and get some sort of plan of what we're doing. But also... There has to be both the two major tenants, which is the Peterborough Peets and certainly the have to make a business proposition or business plan for us to build an arena. Why would you build an arena that's going to be half empty and it's going to cost $70 million? If you can't fill the one that you've got now, then what's the use of building another one? And certainly arenas are not an economic driver. They are an economic driver in a way, but certainly arenas on, on a whole do not make money. But certainly for the taxpayers to spend $70 million, and certainly it's going to have to be, if, whether you like the term or not, a private partnership, private-public partnership to do this because we don't have $70 million to build it. So I think there has to be a careful look at it. I know that we have to keep the Mario Center in repair, but certainly we've now, in the last three years, in the, in the last three years, are going to spend over $7 million. We refurbished that in 2002 for $14 million. Now we're $7 million in the ditch again in that building up. And my understanding is we're not yet finished paying for it from initially. No, it is to venture out to 2022. So <laughs> we, we haven't done paying for the $14 million we put into it. And certainly now we're fixing the roof and the floor and all the rest of the stuff at the tune of $7 million. So what is wrong with that? I mean, I, I go to hockey games there occasionally. I, you know, it's clean, it's bright, I can see the ice. I mean, <laughs> What's the problem with it? Well, you know, there's a, there's a deficiency. There's problems on the floor. It's, it needs to be repaired. Also, the uh, Ontario Hockey Association wants uh, different boards and stuff like this here that are more amenable to the game itself. So the, the new board system has to go in. So when you're doing the floor, and certainly the roof, um, we can't let the thing leak. So right. the roof costs, you know, $3 million to do the roof. So we have to put a new roof on it. So it's just the upkeep of the building. It's uh, built in, I think, 1955. So it's starting to show its age. So uh, I understand that, that we have a, we have a, uh, we have to keep it in repair. It, uh, it's no different than anybody else. When do you call a halt and you say you put enough money into something? It's time to look at all our other alternatives. Gotcha. Another question that must come up at the doors, at least has come up at the doors for some of the other candidates is, and it's the dreaded question of taxes. When people complain about their taxes, how do you, what can you say? What do you say? Well, you know, and, and I have sympathy with them. And some people you know, have told me I'm paying $5,000 for taxes and stuff like this here. We just don't have the tax base to do the work that we have to. We have a billion dollars of infrastructure to do in the city of Peterborough. So how else are we going to do it? There's so many asks from people. Somebody wants an arena and an aqua pool built. Somebody wants the roads fixed. Somebody wants this. Somebody wants that. It's up to the job, and I think that's the main job of a, of a councillor, to spend the taxpayers' money wisely, where to put that money and where it's going to be used. And certainly, I'm only one voice, but certainly I try to look at that lens and say, if if I wouldn't take the money out of my pocket, why would I spend somebody else's money? So that's the way I look at it. It's like running your home, money in, money out. I think that the big job for a counselor is to know how to spend the money wisely that's given to you by the taxpayers. And hopefully we do that. Okay, now winding down here, the, the last issue uh, I'd like to hear your, uh, your thoughts on is this whole official plan review and your own vision for Peterborough. What what does the official plan review mean for the community? How do you see it playing out? And how can citizens get involved? 
Well, you know, I, I think it's a multifaceted kind of thing. And certainly I love my city. I've lived here all my life. I love the city. And I think that it was well overdue for an official plan and talking to all of the stakeholders involved and certainly how they envision their city. Certainly, I think that we've passed a lot of bylaws and certainly things about the environment. And I think that anything that we do should have the lens of the environment looking at it like this here. How is this going to impact our community? Because on the side of the trucks, I know that's going to change, but it's a natural. The the area is beautiful. It's it's people love coming here. They like the greenery. They like the closeness of the water. Stuff like this here, and I think that the official plan has to address all these things. That how can we move the city forward, but also with the lens of the environment and keeping it vibrant and keeping it uh, the kind of city that I grew up and love to grow up, and certainly want my kids and my grandkids to grow up and uh, love the um, love the whole nature part of it. The one thing that we haven't addressed, and certainly oh. was annexation and certainly it was an issue that came up and certainly I, I, I don't think people really realize that um, I had no intentions of paying Cabin North Monaghan $79.8 million bunch of swamp land. There's two things that we needed. That was the airport, which we don't own, and we invested over $30 million in that, hoping that it will attract jobs. And then we need about 100 acres of industrial land. The rest of it, we don't need. Two-thirds of it was provincially sensitive wetlands. Us paying that kind of money, the taxpayers' money, and hamstringing the, the taxpayers for that for a number of years, when it was 25 years, I had no intentions of supporting that. Uh, I think we're going to be back to the table, whether it's annexing, amalgamating. I don't know, but somewhere along the line, a deal will be done in the best interest of the citizens and me as a councillor, like I said. I could not support spending $79.8 million, 4,100 acres, and two-thirds of a swamp. <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah. I, I should ask, what is the city's financial condition? I mean, in terms of revenue and debt, I mean, what shape are, are we in? The city is in really good shape. We have a double, triple A rating with uh, standards and pores. Yeah. So so we're, we're in really good shape. Certainly, um, certainly, we would love to have the tax base of some of the other cities that there is that we could do the things we want. I think we have a great staff that looks at the lens and certainly how we can do the things we can. Can we do everything? Absolutely not. But I think that we're, it's a well-managed business. I think we have some people in place in our finance department and stuff like this to do a terrific job and try and keep counselors appraised of where we are financially and what would be a, a, what we can do in the best interest of the citizens of Peterborough. So I think that it's a well-managed business. This is a $350 million business, just like a, like a, a, a medium-sized corporation. So, Well, Keith Riel, uh, running in Ashburn and Warren, thank you very much and best of luck on your campaign. Well, thank you very much for having me and certainly... Uh, for the people that live in Ashburnham, get out and vote on the 22nd of October. Hope to see you when I go door to door. I'm out there every day pounding on doors. So again, my website is www.key3l.ca. Go to my website, have a look. And certainly if you'd like a sign, I would love it. If you want to make a donation, make a donation. But on 22nd of October, get out and vote. Thanks very much, Keith.